Thanks for tuning in to the Athletic Scholarship Corporation Radio Network. Heard worldwide on www.athleticscholarshipcorp.com. Your source for college recruiting help, training advice, motivation, and more from pro athletes, coaches, celebrities, and entrepreneurs worldwide. Hi, everybody. A.J. Hodell, CEO and founder of the Athletic Scholarship Corporation, found on the web at www.athleticscholarshipcorp.com and also the ASE Sports Radio Network. Today, I have a friend and a special guest, Brandon Williams. I was on your show, Athletes Entrepreneur, about two years ago, and here you are on mine. I appreciate your time. Brandon is a former uh, NFL player and also stand out at the University of Wisconsin. So today we're going to talk a little bit about that recruiting process, the best practices and advice, and also what you got going on today. So without further ado, Brandon Williams, welcome to the show. I appreciate, you know, obviously being on your show and then giving that content. Um, So let's talk real briefly about, obviously, you know, our staple at Athletic Scholarship Corporation is with credibility and integrity, um, helping student athletes and parents navigate through this complex recruiting process that gets harder every year versus when I played and when you played it's dramatically different. Um, but what what's your best practices or advice just looking back what you went through and, and now being an adult and and looking at it from that set of eyes what you know where would you start it would you tell a freshman get started and worry about the process or do you wait till your senior year? No, you definitely want to get started earlier. Nowadays in recruiting, uh, it, it, the earlier you get on board, the more information you get, right? So, and I say that, for example, if you start the recruiting process as a freshman or even as an eighth grader going into your freshman year, and that means starting to really follow that program, having your parents and coaches uh, start to reach out to certain programs, either they are already interested in you or you have some interest in them, and and letting and vetting out their academics, vetting out the coaching staff, seeing what they are doing uh, as, as you're a freshman coming into high school, and then see if there is some consistency as you go throughout high school, because as you know, AJ, things change uh, so fast in college athletics and sports, and the team that you really, or the university that you really were stuck on as a freshman, they have maybe done a whole 180 from what their philosophy is as a program, uh, and maybe that's not of interest to you anymore. So being able to gauge where a program is as you go into high school and then being able to gauge where they have transitioned to themselves will give you a little glimpse of what kind of stability that you may be able to have over your four years at said university. I think that's, that's valuable information in, in looking at a program well before your senior year. I interviewed a major coach and his advice was don't look at a school for sports, interview it as a student, then an athlete. I thought was the best advice I ever heard from obviously coaches uh, get compensated to win and and it is a business. I, I sat down with a former Wisconsin wide receiver like yourself, Lee Evans, and we talked about, you know, this is business. This is big business. 
And did you feel that uh, when you left high school and went to a major university? Did you go, okay, this is this is business. This isn't playtime anymore. You know, I didn't really, I didn't feel that from the standpoint of I felt like it was business when I was in high school. <laughs> I, I knew I, I knew I was on a mission in high school to go to the next level uh, and then go beyond college and play in the NFL. So. For me, I was always on go time, but I would say this, you know, you as a high school athlete or as a parent, you know that college sports is a business, but the place that makes you feel comfortable, that mm-hmm. makes you feel like it is family, mm-hmm. that makes you feel like it's not just about business, it's probably one of the places you should have in your top three. Because we know it's a business, but when I came to Wisconsin, they never made me feel like it was just business as usual. They made me feel like I was welcome. This is a family. We're building something for the future. This is long term. Whether you play for us and you become an All American, or whether you're just another number, really another guy on the team, and you don't play a lot but you contribute and maybe practice, you still have a place at Wisconsin. And that's how I felt. Whether 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 they felt like it was still business or not. But the reality is, it is business. But I'm just saying, the place that you can go to where they make you feel like it's home is probably a place that you should consider highly. Did you, obviously you went on probably five official visits, I would hope, um, but obviously you've talked to other schools. Did you feel indifferent on other ones where you said, I'm just, I'm not going to be comfortable or maybe I'm being misled. I mean, do you feel like you saw the other side of that coin and Wisconsin was great. It worked out great for you. You went to the NFL, but do you feel like if I made a decision and went to, you know, college ABC, I, I, I might've been misled. Uh, I wouldn't say I felt the other side of that coin, but I did. It, it was, it was a, it's a dead space in the middle, right? So it's either they you feel like you're being played you feel like somebody's authentic, or it's just, or it's just a, it's a place in the middle where it's just kind of like, ah, you know, I guess I could come here. I guess I could make this work. So I, I, I was, I interacted with a lot of staff, and it felt like I was in that center space where they weren't bad, but it wasn't just. I didn't have this feeling like this is the right, proper place for me. But when I went to Wisconsin, it was a lot of things that were in place that made the decision a lot easier. That makes sense. And now being a business person, and, and I mean, your, your stuff you push out, we're, we're friends on LinkedIn, and, and, and obviously you've had dialogue and conversations in the past, and the, the stuff you put out is just top-notch. You can tell you every detail. You've got good people working with you, great design work. Now, owning and, and operating businesses and, and being on you know Big Ten Network and, and working on the other side as, a, as an analyst and entrepreneur, what do you think about and I'm asking you honestly, obviously I'm in this marketing and representation of student athletes, very successful for ongoing 15 years now, but what do you feel about the landscape of that right now? You talk to some parents and they say, hey, I'm not going to invest any money. If it was meant to be, it's just going to happen. What's your feeling on that? Honestly, do you believe in you should do extra and market yourself in today's climate or what's your thought on that? Yeah, you know, in today's climate, you have to do the extra, right? You have to go the extra mile. Because just it's it's the time. I, I just talked about this earlier today. Um, I was I was on a panel discussion earlier this morning, and I talked about tradition, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And tradition is is something that has worked in the past, and something that can continue to work. 
But tradition, a lot of times, whether it's in sports, whether it's in business, can stagnate innovation. So what you're doing is innovative because of the time. And if you don't grow, if you don't take innovation into consideration in every move that you make, you'll get caught in tradition. And sometimes tradition can get old and get stale and you won't realize it until you've already missed out or you've already lost when your program is already here or your business is already failing and you're like, oh, what happened? Well, I kept doing the same things that I was doing for years and they worked in, but I got so blinded to what was working for me in the past that I haven't been able to be innovative. And I would say in this climate of recruiting, you got to be more innovative. Social media is prevalent. It's important. It, it, it's an access point for coaches to be able to see who you are, what you're all about. And if you're not putting yourself out there, if you're not going an extra mile to partner with the right people to make sure that that, that message is done in the right way, then you're going to miss out. And you could say, well, they did it like this in the old days. Well, this ain't the whole day anymore. It's a new era. You got to be innovative. I'm not saying uh, break the whole system, but I am saying you got to add a few uh, uh, tinkers and add a few buttons here and there to make sure that you stay relevant. So that's what I would say for any parent. Go ahead and invest in it. What you invest in, you tend to see a ROI. Yeah, and that's great advice. And I, I speak in at high schools and work with high school coaches. And you have the thirty-five and that that sweet spot of age where they get technology and they see the changes and they embrace some of that help versus, you know, I'm the gatekeeper. Yes, you are as the high school coach. You know that player inside and out, strength, weaknesses, personality traits, what they need. If you're a good coach, you know how to get the best out of your player. But a lot of the old school coaches just say, well, when a coach stopped by, that we, we, we give them film and we pitch the kids. Well, that's great. That's the local guys. I always tell coaches when those guys stop by, they already know who they're looking for. They're not just going to make that trip unless they have a reason be it you have a strong program or you have a key player and then they get lucky and they get some overflow where you know I came to go look at this guy and then oh I have to see Brandon he had you know breakout game so I'm interested in him too so it is a different time we leverage technology heavily um, I know you know it's even different than when you went through I mean you came out what in 2006 to the league yeah yeah Okay, and it was a uh, 49ers, and then the Steelers just beat the Patriots. Just pulled that one off. Killing my Browns. Killing my Browns. I watched it. It, it hurt. It hurt. <laughs> so what, uh, you know, I, what, what are you working on now? I know we did the Athletes Entrepreneur stuff, and, and that was that was awesome. And now you've got this the magazine. It's digital and print, or is it just digital? It's just digital. Yeah, I wanted to focus. You know, I looked ahead, and I say it, it's just digital because print cost. Oh, uh, yes. And I looked at the cost of print. I was like, yeah, you know what? I think I'm gonna just go digital. So that, the question was answered for me pretty quickly when I looked at the cost to really do printing. Um, but I, I would say this: uh, somebody asked me this earlier. Is print print uh, dead? I don't think print publication is dead. I just think it's, it's very niche. It's a niche market that you got to tap into if you want to uh, make it lucrative and make it a prosperous business for yourself. But digital, to me, is the way to go. It's the way that you can get connected with millions of people all across the world, and it doesn't cost you as much, and you don't have to build these robust 
print uh, magazines that cost you know upwards of 10, 10 bucks a magazine. So, right for me, I'm I'm excited about the digital publishing landscape. It's not a lot of uh, uh, magazine, quote unquote, digital magazine. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of online. It's a lot of publications that are online, but there's a difference between that and having an actual digital magazine. And so I'm excited about this space and about the opportunity. Is it one of those digital magazines that the interface is is like Flash and you can flip the pages and it's truly like a magazine feel, but in, in a digital format? Yeah, that's cool. It's, it's it's like a it's like an app. Like you literally can you go to a you go to a, your app store, you download it, and you're you're flipping through the pages. Um, I have audio, video, and written content in it, so it's all bite-sized types of content. Uh, when you look at the digital publishing uh, article in, in my publication, is five to six hundred words, mm-hmm. so it's like a blog. Uh, in most print publications, you're talking twelve to fifteen hundred words, maybe even more than that, two thousand words. So it takes up a lot of time, a lot of your time. Like you can read the articles in my magazine in a couple of minutes. And then we have takeaways at the end, which gives you the understanding of what you just read to help you out. And then we have videos in there too. So it's a very interactive publication, where which is where the digital landscape is going. Right, people are, are digesting content through video or or podcasts like we're doing now. When um, did you really embrace faith and, and spirituality? Have you always been this way through high school, or when did you really? Is this this your upbringing, or did you transition later in life in a milestone and decide, you know, I've got to, you know, embrace this this process or, or uh, spirituality? It, 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 was that going on in high school, or is it later for you? Yeah. So for me, I I grew up, um, you know, going to church, mm-hmm. and the, the the thing about me was that my I had a my father was in a part of the nation of Islam, and then my mom was a Baptist. And so uh, when I was with my mom, I was going to church on Sundays and going to Sunday school, and then when I would go over my dad, uh, with my dad, I would be reading Quran and listening to Louis Farrakhan and Elijah Muhammad. Um, and so it was, a, It was for me, it was a, I was always in the middle of religion. I was just kind of in the middle. And so I never really went all in on either side. Uh-huh. But as I continue, so as I continue to get older and just become a man and and really start to walk my own walk, um, my my faith and my spirituality became super super important to me. And then even as I got married, uh, my wife she's she's a Christian and she's a believer, and so she also helped me with my walk as well. So you know, I always say that I was baptized at twelve, but I was called at thirty three. Uh, I'll be 35 in February of 2019, and so it's one thing to have your spirituality and have your faith, but it's another thing to speak out and understand what the Bible is really talking about and understand how it applies to your life. Um, And so for me, the Bible is about a king, his kingdom, and his kids, and it's this story that brings everything together uh, all the way up to where Jesus comes as the Messiah that fulfills all the promises that God had in the Old Testament and he's actually um, it, it, it just it, it comes to life for me 
and it helps me understand and break down so many things and so it, it just made uh, life have more clarity and more meaning and more purpose to me and that's really what helped me become who I am today yeah, I find it really indifferent that like the Tim Tebow's or a lot of people in the media and just I'm going to say the majority public like the politics or the negativity and then you have a Tim Tebow or someone that really embraces a spirituality and uses that platform to deliver his message and he gets negative backlash. I found it, I mean, just I was dumbfounded by it to be honest. I think, you know, everybody gets a chance with their voice and, and either you can digest that information and, and, and move forward with the advice or not. And I just think what I see at the high school level and some areas the music that's being played and, and what's being allowed is really indifferent and it's almost like hey you know men's affiliation for christian education we don't want them here but we're going to play some you know indifferent music right before a game with our parents there so i, I think it's just really a different world and i think it's unfortunate personally i mean they really should have some study tables and spirituality and give those options to those kids if they want to attend doesn't mean everybody has to but i think it should be available personally no yeah no i i agree with you man music is a huge is a major major platform uh for both sides of the fence whether it is you know satanic uh or <laughs> whether it is godly uh encouragement uh and and so music plays heavily heavily into that and the music that you listen to really feeds the subconscious mind and plants that seed and then you sub subconsciously start to do activities and do things and and becomes acceptable and open to things that are negative that you would never do um, because you're exposing yourself to those environments. And so I, I agree with you 100%. Um, there should be some type of... Uh, and, and I think, you know, right now in this day and age, to be honest, a lot of people are substituting spirituality and religion and God with self-development, self-improvement, and the universe. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, it's really funny to me because... Uh, that, that's the celebration of the creation as opposed to the celebration of the creator. Um, and so if, if God created the universe and everything that we see, why are we giving the universe so much profit and not really talking about God? Well, because we, we, we've create, created this environment where it's, it's cool to talk about the universe and, and I'm spiritual and I, uh, I'm all about self-development and self-help, but it's not cool to talk about God and it started when we took uh, you know, God out of schools, man, and many, many years ago, and that movement has, has really done, taken its toll, and what we see in society right now is, is part of this. Yeah, I agree. It's just really, I feel like a lot of things that we do is to appease a smaller percentage, and, and I'm not the first person to judge anybody. Everybody has a right to live their life as long as they don't hurt others. That's how I was raised. You know, do what you're going to do, but question, is it okay with God? And secondly, are you hurting others in the process? If you can answer, you know, no or yes to that question, you have to make a decision. But I feel like we're crafting everything we do around that one, one and a half percent that we may hurt their feelings. Meanwhile, the rest of us are daily, you know, we, we don't have a sense of humor anymore. We can't talk about spirituality and people are offended. But, you know, it's, it's a different world and, and obviously uh, I'm interested to see how it's going to go in the next five, ten years. But I wanted to, to touch base real quick. I know we're getting tighter on time. On your first hurdle, I mean, looking back, really on high school and maybe even college, 
uh, obviously NFL, we could talk for, for three hours about hurdles every day, but when you were in high school and even in college, when did you really get that moment where you encountered something and said, this is just really tough? And maybe you tied in your spirituality, but you really had to dig deep in yourself and say, this is just, how am I going to get through this? Do you, I'm sure you remember those moments as an athlete. Uh, you know what? In in high school, it was a situation where um, I was transitioning from one high school to another high school. Uh, my first my freshman year of high school, uh, I went to a different high school than I did for the rest of my college my high school career. And it was because my uncles were the coach. They were the coaches at this high school, and then they left. They got a coaching job in college, and so I transferred to the school that I was supposed to be at. Um, all along um but for me it was it was difficult to just just make sure that i fit in properly and when i say fit in don't try to fit in but be myself but still be authentic enough and be open enough to where i was accepted by my new teammates um and i knew a lot of people already at the high school but you know how it is, man. And at the high school level, everybody wants mm. to be accepted. Everybody wants to be, um, you know, celebrated and felt like that they are in with the in crowd. Uh, and that was that was something that was kind of tough because you know you come to a new school, man. It's it's always it's even all the way down to what you're wearing. Do you got the newest latest shoes on and newest clothes? And, all this stuff do you know this person or, or are you going to hang with this person who are you going to sit and eat lunch with <laughs> you know what I mean right. Like and so in high school that was a tough situation but I think I got through it by just really staying focused on being myself and not trying to be like anybody else I said you know what I'm going to just be myself and the people that like me for me for the people that I'm gonna gravitate to and that I'm gonna hang around. If people don't like me because of who I am and what I'm doing or whatever, I need to one, self-assess, am I doing the wrong things? And if I'm not doing the wrong things, I need to just take uh, take it with a grain of salt and say, hey, I'm not for everybody. Um, and I think as I transitioned from that one high school to the next high school, it really helped me. And, and I had a great, great time at, the new high, at my new high school. And it worked out well for me, man. That's great advice, just to be yourself. Because at the end of the day, if you portray yourself as something you're not, you're not going to make the other half happy anyway. There's no way you're going to appease everybody, and that's just a fact of life, and fact of business, and and you know until uh, you know the end of the day that that's that's all you can do. And in college was it? What what was the tough moment there? I mean, obviously you were got some awards as a freshman and and had a good college career a great college career but i'm sure there's some moments you're like you know this is really i gotta dig deep again yeah for me in college it was it was the injuries i had a lot a lot of people don't know but my sophomore going into well yeah my sophomore year in college during the season i had a i broke a bone in my a shin i had a stress fracture that I played with for one whole season in my shin. Mm. So imagine the worst case of shin splints that you've ever had and play 13 games with that every single week. Pain every single week. And going into, so coming out of that season, I had to get surgery. Mm. I actually had to get two surgeries that a lot of people don't know about. Um, 
but the, the, the what happened was I didn't get to train how I normally would train for the for the next two seasons. And my junior year was my worst year by far. I did not excel. I was not explosive. I was coming off injury, but nobody really knew about it. We didn't talk about it in in the, in the media. And I had so I have a, a rod. I have a metal rod in my shin. Um, and so just just recovering from that, and and having a down season after you recover from that. Mind you, I had never missed a game, never missed practice from six years old all the way to that moment. And so that was a stressful moment where I didn't play in the spring game. I didn't practice at all in the spring. I couldn't really lift weights like I wanted to. And, and, and that was very vital for me. And I wish I would have redshirted when I look back in, in retrospect. But obviously I didn't. And I always think about, man, I, I, what if I would have been able to get that year back and be able to work out and get bigger, faster, stronger where would I have been? Where would I have gone higher in the draft? Would I have had a better season the next year? Or all those different things always run through your mind. So that's something that I had to deal with and just push through, man. Because I didn't want to miss any games. I didn't want to miss any practice. Right. But it was always it was always like, well, what if you just would have redshirted? But I think being naive to the fact that I didn't want to that I didn't want to miss. I wanted to be like this quote unquote Iron Man that I actually hurt myself in the long run as opposed to just taking a step back and, and, and getting my body together. Well, you went in the third round, and how, how'd your combine go? I mean, do you feel like you're – obviously, they've discovered you had some injuries. I mean, they find out. They have ways. They, you know, they give you a comprehensive physical. And do, were your numbers down at the combine, or you, were you able to pick them up right before? No, I was able to actually uh, – so going into my junior year, I, this is when I had kind of the down year. But then, you know, I always say my senior year really should have been my red shirt junior year. <laughs> because, I mean, I totally balled out because I was back 100% healthy, right. explosive. I was able to cut on a dime. was just, you know, really, really a stronger, uh, you know, athlete at that moment. And I'm like, man, if I'd have had one more year in college, I think I could have peaked up into that at the end of the first round, at least the second round, because I could have ran that four three five at the combine, or ran, you know, or just really tested like through the roof. Right. Uh, and for a guy, and for a guy my size, I'm not getting any taller. Right. Well, I can't get faster. You can't get stronger. Um, and you can't put up more stats and 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 possibly win Belitnikov or win Big Ten Player of the Year. Something like that, and that could boost, boost where you go. Uh, so yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, going from high school to college, you know, you're you're five eleven, one seventy. How many times did you hear just not big enough? <laughs> Man, <laughs> Man a lot of. But when didn't you hear it? <laughs> let's go to let's go the easy when, route. When did not hear it? That's that's really the the main thing. I mean, people tried to get me to to, to switch positions and play cornerback uh, and do all these different things so many times and I end up I end up playing corner and receiver in in college anyway uh, and excelled at both of them but I, I wanted to play receiver I wanted to catch passes and that's something that I excelled at but you know in high school man my freshman year I was 5'7 135 pounds um, 
and then you come fast forward to my freshman year in college, I was 5'9", 155 pounds. So I wasn't too much bigger. Right. But, you know, God just gave me some talent. And I, I matched them. I really, I'm always the person that said, I overachieve. Like, really, I overachieve, man. I got small hands. I'm not very big. I was never the fastest. And so, but I used to do some miraculous things on the football field that I can't explain. And I give all guys all the glory because I show over <laughs> I love it because usually hear guys. I, I ran a four three three and a six one two oh five coming out of high school, and and yeah. it, but a lot of those guys have you know God given raw talent, and they just mentally can't tap into it. So obviously. You know, you you work through that and and stayed consistent. Here you are now as an entrepreneur. And are you still doing the Big Ten stuff? Or I, I am, I am still on Big Ten Network, ESPN Radio. Um, so that's been good. That nine feet is strong. Really Man, I got to get on there. I got to advertise. I got to figure that one out. <laughs> we got to talk about that one. So. You know, I, I appreciate having you on. Just if someone just tuned in, it's Brandon Williams, former NFL player, former Wisconsin Badger, NFL analyst, entrepreneur. This guy's wearing multiple hats and somehow stays successfully married in today's uh, society. He braces his wife. I, I see him on LinkedIn. He, he, you know, loves his family, loves his wife. And, and you know, I appreciate you having the time set aside to be on on my show and I was on yours which was great I, there was you threw some curveball questions at me that I wasn't allowed to prep for and uh, <laughs> so and actually you asked me who's the last person I I forgot how you worded the question but my my answer was I just want to sit down with Jesus I want to figure out how you got through all that adversity so right. you remember that yeah I uh, do remember I think it was like the question I would ask who is a person that you would want to take out to dinner, alive, dead, or alive? Right. Yeah, because that's the ultimate uh, person you'd want to talk and get adversity and, and some advice from. But. Right, and get advice from. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I remember that you said that. Yeah. <laughs> But, you know, I, I, I'm i looking forward to this, the, the magazine and, and looking at it. I was kind of paying attention. I shot you a comment. I'm like, this design work is, is phenomenal. Um, so props to yourself or whoever on your team is doing that stuff. It's it's really great. It's good to see someone put quality work out there. And obviously it transitions from sports to business, right? Absolutely, man. You got to keep on going because those bills are residual. <laughs> <laughs> you got to pay the bills, baby. Yeah, I tell my friends, you know, we, t- we talk about, you know, it's a whole other topic about race and this and that and entitlement. And I say, you know what? It doesn't matter what, what shade you are, what color you are, where your background created. The bank wants their money. They don't, they call you. They don't know you, who you are except your Social Security and that you own some money. So, you know, it's a, it's a different world. I, I'm embracing and appreciate what you're doing. I'm actually going to leverage it myself because you could always get better. Uh, you know, especially people yeah. having a successful marriage, and you always have to do better and train. And I think you know a lot of us get too tied up into business and success, and that you know P and L statement, fiscal success, and we, we sometimes kind of neglect ourselves. And, and part of it is our relationships. So it's great that you're doing something like this, and, uh, and you know I look forward to it. Man, well I appreciate you having me on the show, and I pray that this blesses people that. They're going to make some decisions and 
make some more effective decisions about whether it's college recruiting or just life in general. So if you want to drop real quick how people can connect with you on social media and obviously look at your content, look at the new magazine, if you want to drop that real quick, that'd be awesome. Yeah, so they can catch me on Instagram and Twitter at I am Brandon MW. So that's I A M Brandon MW. That's Twitter and Instagram. Uh, I'm on Facebook. I guess you can just search Brandon Williams. I know it's a lot out there, but I'm on Facebook at Brandon M. Williams. Uh, and then you can follow follow the magazine at Kingdom Man Mag. So it's at Kingdom Man M A N M A G. Uh, on all social media platforms, kingdommanmag.com as well to go sign up for our uh, newsletter and things of that nature. So, uh, and the app, the, the magazine is in the app store, man. So go to your app store right now, search Kingdom Man Magazine, download it, check out the amazing content. And what happens men be kings of their home, community, and destiny because men are truly the foundation of our society. If we have better men, We'll have a better uh, country. I promise you. Now, are you going to have other celebrities like yourself on there, or who's going to be providing that content? I'm sure people want to hook into that. Yeah, yeah. So the first issue, uh, I have Terrell Fletcher, who's a former NFL mm-hmm. player. He's an author, speaker, and a pastor out of San Diego, San Diego, California. The is the next issue I'm working on right now. I interviewed John Gordon, the author, so he'll be on the cover. Appreciated him big time for connecting with me. Uh, and then moving forward, I got Chris Broussard, who's an NBA, who's an NBA analyst yep. on uh, Fox. Mm-hmm. So I'm pulling in celebrities, man. I'm pulling in people who you may or may not know of about their faith, but they are men. They have a story and they have a journey that may be able to help you strengthen your faith. So it's really exciting times because not a lot of content that's focused on helping men be better men. So I'm just getting in this space, and it's pretty fresh. That's awesome. I wanted to just tap into who's going to be on it because a lot of people like to hook into that. And a lot of those people that you just named are in environments that you really can't open up and talk about that because it doesn't have that that appeal or it's not sexy to the masses, so they really can't open up and talk about it. So it's really going to be a unique side of some people that you may know or have uh, face recognition from sports or, or media but just don't know that side of them. So it's really cool that you guys are tapping into that. Now, you're still in Wisconsin. You're, you're residing there now still? I am. I am still in Wisconsin. I got to get out there. We got to sit down for dinner <laughs> one day. We've been, we've been on each other's show. We got to connect and sit down, and hopefully we'll do a studio deal here in the near future. And, I, you know, I again, I appreciate your companionship and, and your content that you put out I, I thank you for that and i appreciate your time greatly i know you're a busy guy and i'm sure everybody listening to this and that gets pushed out high school coaches parents and players we send this out all over the country so i'm gonna look forward to people to, to uh, get some great content absolutely man well i appreciate you we will all right, Brandon Williams, everybody, and obviously you can tune in to him on all the different social media outlets that he has provided. I appreciate it. Uh- Thanks for tuning in to the Athletic Scholarship Corporation Radio Network, heard worldwide on www.athleticscholarshipcorp.com. Be sure to tune in next week for more college recruiting help, training advice, motivation, and more from pro athletes, coaches, celebrities, and entrepreneurs worldwide.